Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. Starting now, you can get a transcript of each week's Rich Dad Radio Show. Just visit www.richdad.com radio and download a copy today. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. This is Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're going to talk about war today. When we talk about war, there's different levels to war. You know, there's military war, of course, which most people are afraid of, there's nuclear war. Today we have cyber war, we have currency wars, we have political wars, and we have economic wars. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we are at war. And the question is, is how do you prepare for war? Again, it's not just military. Do you know what I mean? What happens if you're, you're living in another country and your dollar goes to zero or your currency goes to zero? Because we're in currency wars. And that was James Rickards always talking. It was his first book, Currency Wars. So once again, we're going to talk about war, what's going on in China, Russia. But how, most importantly, how is war going to affect you? And how will you prepare for war? So our guest today is Dr. Alexander Elder. He's a professional trader and author. He's a very welcome guest to the Rich Dad Radio Show. Uh, we first came across Dr. Elder probably 20-something years ago in Australia where he has a huge following. And Dr. Elder is really one of these guys who talks about trading. You know, it's not buying and holding for the long term. It's how to make money when markets are going up and markets are going down. So you're not affected by the ups and downs of markets. So he's the author of Come Into My Trading Room, Barron's 2002 Book of the Year. And then his book, Trading for a Living, fantastic book, came out in 1993. And Dr. Elder was born in Leningrad and grew up in Estonia, where he entered medical school at age 16. So he's highly qualified to talk about Eastern Europe. And at 23, while working as a ship's doctor, he jumped the Soviet ship in Africa, received political asylum in the United States. He has worked as a psychiatrist in New York City and taught at Columbia University. And he just returned from China. So we're gonna get a worldview from somebody who trades markets up and down, but also he's a medical doctor and psychiatrist, and he just came back from China, so he's highly qualified to talk about what he saw. Any comments, Kim? Yes, so um, I looked up the definition of war, and the definition is a state of armed conflict between different nations or states or different groups. Armed conflict. The question is, what's the weapon of choice these days? <laughs> because you've got the economic crisis, the currency. I mean, we talked to, to Rickards about the, the weapon is currency for a currency war. So there's different weapons depending on what war is out there. And there's a lot of different weapons being thrown around. And what I love about Dr. Alexander Elder is he looks at things from the psychology of trading, the psychology of the, of the economy, what's going on in the mindsets of all this turmoil that's going on. So let's get started. So Dr. Alexander, my first question to you is just to clarify to a lot of the audiences here, is as you know, the baby boomers are now retiring at 10,000 a day. Most of them have jack, they don't have anything. 
and they're counting on their 401k, so they've invested for the long term. The stock market is up and all this, and they're buying, holding, and praying that the market stays up. But, you know, I just talk about in trading for a living and then come into my trading room. As a professional trader versus a long-term buy-and-hold investor, I mean, do you really care if markets go up or down? I mean, do you care if it's a crash? Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me back on the show, Robert. Always a pleasure to be here with you thank and you. Kim. Thank you. Uh, as far thanks. Uh, as far as as far as markets are concerned, uh, the long term uh, ceased to make any sense. Uh, good 10, 15 years ago, uh, the world has become much faster, and uh, the the days that somebody could buy and hold stocks, so-called widows and orphans, those days are gone. I mean, General Motors. Uh, uh, went into bankruptcy. General Electric, uh, the stock that was in the Dow Jones uh, since uh, 1907, that's before we were born, uh, it has been tossed out of Dow Jones just a few weeks ago. The world is changing and changing very fast. Tesla comes from nowhere, skyrockets, crashes, skyrockets again. So uh, buy and hold makes less and less sense with every passing year. What makes sense if, you're, uh, if you have uh, the time, the energy, the aptitude is to learn how the markets move and uh, trade those swings because they're very tradable swings that last anywhere from uh, a few weeks to a few days. Keeping it really simple because, you know, I'm a simple guy. You can make money Absolutely. going up and make money coming down. Is that correct? Oh, uh, you know, uh, this is how hedge funds make, make money. And certainly I manage my account uh, as a hedge fund. As, as I speak with you, I have long positions going, playing on a rise, and I have short positions going, betting on a decline. Uh, I did two short trades today. One, I took profits already. The second, still running, going to run for a few days. But, yeah, the market, it, it, it's, a, it's a two-way street, and anybody who only, you know, buy and hold uh, is uh, not, uh, not a long-term winning strategy anymore. So what would you say to a baby boomer right now with a 401k? Let's say they have a half a million dollars and they're hoping the stock market keeps going up. What would you say? Uh, well, keep on hoping. And while you're hoping, teach yourself how to play the market both ways. Uh, because your account manager is, or, or your or fund manager is certainly not going to do that. Uh, most of the institutional guys, except for hedge funds, which of course are not for, uh, you know, they're there for seriously wealthy people. Most, most regular funds uh, only play uh, for their eyes. Uh, and uh, uh, if they become bearish, and they always become bearish near the bottom, uh, they just go into cash. Uh, while uh, those of us who can play this, uh, play this game both ways, betting on rallies and betting on declines, that's, uh, that, that, that's the thing to do. Now, uh, you're not going to learn it overnight. You're no. not going to learn it just by reading a single book. Uh, you have to put time, energy, and yes, some money into it. But what you're saying, Dr. Alexander, is for the average guy out there, when the market crashes, they're gonna they're gonna lose because they don't know how to make money when the market crashes. That's, yeah, so that's, absolutely. The market is, as I said, the market is a two-way street, and uh, uh, as long as it continues going one way, uh, the, the latest bull market began in February 2016, and uh, and then of course. There was a brief pause for Brexit, and then, of course, before the last presidential election, everybody said that, oh, if Trump is elected, the market is going to go to, to hell in a, in a handbasket. Well, lo and behold, it didn't go to hell in a handbasket. It went through the roof and continued going through the roof nonstop for over a year. So then everybody says, oh, okay, we're in a permanent bull market. Comes February 2018, crash. 
well, uh, crash is a buying opportunity. And, and when you see that the market is frothy and toppy, that's the time to sell. Somebody who is just buy and hold is uh, is always be, almost always behind the eight ball. Yeah. So that's why I love your books. Come into my trading room, 2002, Barron's Book of the Year, and Trading for a Living, 1993. And I love that with the last time you were on this program, you say, look at it as a college education. You're going to make money, you're going to lose money, and it'll probably take you five years to get good at it. You say that's fairly accurate. I usually say to people, some people are very smart, and it takes them a shorter period of time. I'm certainly not one of them. For, for an average person, uh, learning to trade uh, is equivalent to getting a college degree. It's going to take approximately as much as getting a college degree, and it's going to cost approximately as much. And most of that cost will come uh, not from buying books or taking courses. Most of that cost will come from losses. Right. So once again, we just came back from China, and I really respect your uh, point of view. How long were you in China? Oh, uh, too long. I was there for a few days. I was there, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I was there I think, something like four days. Uh, it was supposed to be five, but I, was, I, I, I bought myself a ticket. I, I couldn't change my ticket. I bought myself a ticket to get out a day sooner. I just hated it there. Oh. hated it with, uh, with why, why is that? Why is that? Um, you know, I grew up in the Soviet Union, and I hated communism. I risked my life uh, fighting the system and getting out of the system. And what's happening in China is like Soviet Union all over again. Uh, it's, uh, it's a vicious uh, communist dictatorship, uh, which uh, imprisons people, uh, uh, restricts them. Uh, and, and they're much more technologically advanced than the Soviets have ever been. Uh, the surveillance is horrendous. I mean... Uh, in some provinces, they now have permanently flying drones uh, filming people. And, for example, they're building a huge national database. They, they call it social capital. So, for example, if you get uh, a ticket, uh, a driving ticket, uh, or if uh, police have some kind of complaint about you, and let's say six months later, a year later, you're going to apply for a mortgage, uh, you're going to pay a high rate for your mortgage because you have been a bad boy, so to speak. Wow. Uh, uh, cameras so, everywhere, police everywhere, uh, and 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 they're not shy with with their nightsticks. I mean, uh, uh, a little more restrict, uh, more uh, restrained with foreigners, but local guy, you know, he doesn't have to do very much to uh, uh, to get hit with a nightstick. We're talking to Dr. Alexander Elder, professional trader and author, and he just was returned from China. And what qualifies him to be speaking today about China? is the fact that he ran away from Russia. And I believe where you know, President Trump is currently over in, in Europe rattling the cages over there, and he's telling them, you better pay up because we're not going to pay up, and it's causing a lot of disturbance out there. But Dr. Elder is now talking about China and how it's going more police state, should we say. Now, we also had um, James Rickards, author of Currency Wars, and he said the same thing is happening in the United States. We're going more police state. Because what they're afraid of most of all, especially in China, but also in the U.S., is civil unrest. And yesterday we had a meeting, and um, one of the discussions was 31% of Americans now believe we're going to go to civil war internally in America. The gap between the rich and everybody else is too wide. And so what Rickards was saying, to compensate for that, we now have basically Gestapo military tactics. It looks like we're in 
we're in uh, Iraq or Syria today with our police forces. So that's why we have Dr. Alexander Elder, professional trader, and we're talking about war. But once again, there's military war, currency war, cyber war, all kinds of war. And so we're talking about what he sees in China. Any comments, Kim? Yes. Yeah, so, so Dr. Alexander, um, a big war that's going that that is in all the news now is the trade war. And Trump's talking about a trade war with China. Did you see an impact over there, or what's what's your view on that? Oh, they're uh, they're terrified of what's. Uh, when I was there, it was just coming. It hasn't begun, and they're terrified of it. I mean, they're putting on a good show. We're as good as you are, type of thing. But but they're terrified of it. Uh, the United States made a huge mistake with China, an honest mistake, but a huge mistake. About 30 years ago, China was dirt poor. That's when, and, that's when Reagan went over and opened the doors. Uh, Nixon, actually. Oh, Nixon, started, excuse, me, yeah, excuse me, excuse me, yeah. Nixon, yeah. Um, so uh, we decided, the um, United States decided, we're going to throw our economy open to them. And, uh, and China is going to sell everything that they can make, and they're going to, China is going to become rich, or richer. Uh, and when they become rich, thinking was, they will become a normal country, sort of like a Germany or Japan after World War II. And it hasn't happened. China did indeed become rich, uh, but it remained a communist dictatorship, uh, completely controlled by a one-party system, uh, and uh, very militaristic, uh, and completely oriented against the United States. For example, uh, a few years ago, uh, five, six, seven years ago, they bought an unfinished aircraft carrier from Ukraine. Ukrainians had it after the Soviet Union fell apart. Now they are just finishing their own third aircraft carrier. They're, they're creating Blue Water Navy. They're competing with the United States uh, in, in, in a variety of points around the world. They grabbed a bunch of rocks in, in the South China Sea, and they, uh, built, they, they, they built up artificial islands there, put airfields, rockets. Um, I mean, they're expanding. Uh, but they but they are still not strong enough. Uh, I mean, they're doing little hooliganism things. For example, uh, Wall Street Journal reported that uh, uh, U.S. military pilots are reporting that when they fly above Chinese fishing boats, they shine military-grade lasers at them. Well, it's not like all those captains just went and said, oh, let's shine at American planes. Let, let, let me get that laser. Somebody gave them those lasers. So this tactic of harassment and gradual exclusion uh, is going on. But, uh, but don't you also think that Asia is one of the richest developing areas of the entire world, and China wants yeah, control it, of that? Uh, of course they do. Of course they do. And, and that's what they're doing with their One Road, One Belt initiative. Everybody was speaking about it when I was in China. Uh, they're building roads and ports uh, in all these nearby countries uh, and uh, uh, lending them money to build those things, putting those countries in severe debt. Uh, and uh, and meanwhile, building their own facilities all over the all over the lot. And the point is, they're militarizing and they're pushing forward. And at some point, if this doesn't stop, uh, we will have a shooting war. So, why, so what, what is China afraid of? With let's say this Trump and trade wars and cyber wars and the economy North is not strong enough yet. They cannot they cannot confront the United States militarily. Uh, and they're pushing economically. And finally, 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 we've got an administration in, in, in Washington that understands what's going on, that this is war, and that China is using uh, its uh, economic uh, growth uh, to build its military might. Uh, it's better to have an economic war than a shooting war. And this administration is putting a squeeze on them. 
I mean, they exclude American they, they exclude American businesses from doing business in China, except for buying Chinese stuff. Uh, if a company goes to uh, build something in China or to create a business in China, they force those companies to turn over intellectual property. General Electric went there to uh, was forced to go into partnership with a local company to build to build uh, wind uh, turbines. Five years later, uh, the deal falls apart, and now the Chinese company sells 29% of the world production of wind turbines. Uh, they steal anything they cannot buy. They force companies to, to turn over the technology. Um, they have built what is called the Great Firewall of China. You cannot get Facebook. You so, cannot get Bloomberg. You so, cannot get MarketWatch. Yeah. So, Dr. Elder, would you say that Chinese people are the same people as Americans? You know, uh, people, I, I think Psychological. People, are, people are the same uh, uh, everywhere. We all scream the same way when we squeeze fingers in the door. Uh, uh, regardless of uh, education, race, or any other factor. Uh, but the system in China is a vicious one-party system uh, that is hell-bent on expansion. It's like the Soviet Union, which was, you know, the Soviet Union expanded uh, north into Finland, uh, west into uh, Central Europe. Ukraine, south, Crimea. Uh, uh, Ukraine. Well, Crimea is a different story, actually. Crimea is... Uh, Crimea has always been Russian, and Khrushchev, when he was drunk, uh, uh, signed it over to Ukraine as a brotherly <laughs> gift. You know, it's like a husband uh, giving jewelry to the wife, and then you know, 15 years later, they're in a divorce. He wants jewelry back, uh, and that jewelry belonged to his great-grandmother. So uh, Crimea is a different story in that sense. Uh, uh, but, uh, but, but going into Afghanistan, that was no Crimea. That was brutal uh, expansion. I mean, they, they went in every direction they could, and China is doing the same thing. Yeah, but, but the United States hasn't learned anything because when the United, when Russia lost in Afghanistan, we went in. As we did the same <laughs> thing in Vietnam. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so anyway, yeah. hey, look, when we come back, I'm going to ask Dr. Elder. Again, he was, Dr. Elder is a professional trader and author. He was born in Leningrad, Russia, grew up in Estonia, one of the fabulous countries of the world. And he went to enter medical school at 16. So when we come back, we're going to be asking Dr. Elder his view of both Russia, which is a major, major world power. And so the world power structures are changing right now. And Mr. Trump is dealing with some of the most powerful, but also the most lethal human beings on planet Earth. And so the question when we come back is what kind, what does that mean to you and me? And what's the meaning of different levels of war? You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. 
That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Log on to RichDadRadio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money, and we're at war right now. But as we're talking about this different levels of war, you know, there's military war, which hope we never get into, there's nuclear war, there's armed war where you shoot AK-47s and M-16s, that's that kind of war. There's also currency wars, there's political wars, there's all kinds of wars today. There's cyber wars, which is probably the most interesting of all because you can't see it, it's invisible. So today we're talking to Dr. Alexander, professional trader and author. The reason he's important because he is a psychiatrist by training. He was born in Leningrad, grew up in Estonia, and he has worked as a psychiatrist in New York City and taught at Columbia University, but he is most known. Like I said, he was 20-something years ago when Kim and I were in Australia, Dr. L, we didn't meet him then, but he had a huge following because he was teaching people how to make money when markets go up and make mar money markets coming down which flies in the face of the common 401k or the IRA, you buy, hold, and pray for the long term, which is insanity. And why I'm concerned is we have a lot of people my age, baby boomers, who are just about to retire, the market's an all-time high, and as we all know, what goes up always comes down. So Dr. Elder is the author of The New Trading for a Living. Came out in 2014. Come into my trading room, Barron's 2002 Book of the Year and Trading for a Living, which came out in 1993. And Dr. Elder just returned from China where he says he left early <laughs> because it reminded him too much of Russia. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, so Dr. Elder, I'm, I'm fascinated by the psychology of things. So you've got President Trump. He's pretty transparent. He's shaking things up. He's demanding countries pay their fair share. From a psychology point of view or from your point of view, is is President Trump on the right track? Is he off track? What do you what do you see? Well, with China, he is absolutely on the right track. China has been eating our breakfast, lunch, and they're halfway into our dinner. Uh, and if it wasn't for uh, uh, Mr. Trump putting a stop to that business, uh, we would be in a huge mess of trouble. Uh, so, so he is absolutely timely with that. Uh, as far as people paying for the defense, uh, uh, I'm happy to say that the tiny country from uh, where I grew up, Estonia, is uh, one of very, very few places on his good list, uh, because even though the country is very small, population is just barely over one million, uh, it pays uh, a higher share of its national uh, budget uh, for, to for NATO. military. Uh, for military, yeah, into NATO, plus they have a major civil program where they say if they ever get overrun by the Soviets, uh, Soviets uh, well, by the Soviets, by the Russians, Russians are next door, uh, they, they, there is a huge volunteer movement of people going on weekends and training in the forests uh, how, to be, how to be guerrillas. Uh, now, hopefully it will never come to that. Uh, but uh, when an aggressor looks at a small country like that and says, man, that's going to be a difficult customer, maybe we better go elsewhere or and not so then, go anywhere you know, at all. Yeah, and given that you're from Leningrad and Estonia and all that, what is your thought on Mr. Trump meeting with Mr. Putin? Oh, I think it's a good idea. Uh, I mean, there is, nothing to be, uh, uh, there is nothing to be lost in a meeting like that, and something can possibly be gained. Uh, I think Trump was, uh, Trump was pushed into a very bad situation you know, the Russian involvement in, uh, in, uh, in this election. Um, I don't know if you saw the numbers. 
uh, you know how much money, uh, and it was reported in the Wall Street Journal, how much money Russians have spent interfering in our election? No. No. $100,000. Right. And, and all uh, and this talk for years, for years. $100,000. Oh $100,000. Now, uh, clever people, inventive people, they got a lot of mileage from $100,000. Uh, just count how much money the United States is putting into impacting elections uh, around the world. Uh, but Amen. of course, we do it for a good reason. We, 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 we do it for democracy. You know, yeah, yep, but we're the, we're the good guys. They're the bad guys. <laughs> so right. so how, do you, how do you so, think, how, how would you advise Trump to deal with Putin? What does he need to do or what needs to happen there? <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to do it. I'm glad I don't have the job as an advisor. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's way above my pay grade. Um, uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he, just, uh, uh, he has to be very careful to treat it as a very cold business, because I'll never forget how, uh, how Bush went met uh, with Putin, and he said he looked into his eyes and saw his soul. Which he did not see. He saw not the soul. Uh, he saw the headlight of a KGB officer, ah. a KGB ah. colonel. Uh, uh, so uh, I, uh, I'm pretty sure Mr. Trump is not going to repeat that mistake. That he's going to see Putin's soul, kiss, kiss, kiss. Deal with it strictly as business. I what, I what I see personally is that you know this guy Obama. I'm not Republican or Democrat, but Obama got no respect from China. He got no respect from Putin. And right. at least they talk to Trump. You know, I mean, he's got he's a tough guy, but Xi and Putin are tough guys too. And I think oh, yeah. Obama was kind of a preacher, an orator. Yeah, yeah. So it's anyway, uh, he completely disappeared. Uh, you you don't hear a squeak from him. Well, you know, I I they, they had a show on that. Why why did Putin disappear? Because every time he talks, more Obama. people vote for Trump. Why Obama yeah, disappeared? Every time every Obama. time Obama speaks. More people yeah. vote for Trump, so they want him to keep up, keep yeah. his mouth shut. Yeah. But anyway, let me ask you this, because you know, we're talking to the average person right now. They're, they're sitting at home. they got bills to pay. Their 401K is doing all-time great. You know, the economy is strong. Unemployment is down. And it's happy days are here again. But what you're also, we're talking about this program being war. There's different types and levels of war. How would you advise the average person listening to this program? Man, we're a worldwide broadcast or podcast. How would you deal with what's going on in the world today from a financial or personal finance point of view? You know, my, uh, my, uh, my first advice to anybody who is sitting with some money in their 401k uh, and who really doesn't know what that 401k is doing, he is completely like... Uh, like a chunk of wood uh, on, on the surface of the sea. Today the sea is placid, tomorrow there will be a storm. Uh, anybody who really doesn't know what's cooking, and, uh, who, and, and most people don't have an advisor who will tell them what to do either. That's correct. I would suggest to them this exercise. Pull out uh, uh, the ticker of every stock that you own. Look at it. Put it up. Uh, go, go to Google and put up a chart on the screen. And decide at what price you would not want to hold it. Let's say you own the stock that's selling for $80. If it goes down to 75 you want to own it? Yeah, sure, no problem. 70 Oh, uh, yeah. 60 mm, 50 No, 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 no. Okay, so if 55 is not acceptable to you, put a hard stop. Put, uh, put a stop order. If it ever goes down to 55 you automatically get sold out. And you put it low. You put, you put that order at a level which you, you hope the stock will never see. But if it ever gets to that level, at least it will salvage the bulk uh, of its cost. Because if you don't, 
uh, and you're in a crash mode, and this thing can go from 55 down to 35 and 15, and, and, and there you will sell uh, in a total and utter panic. Uh, that's great. That's great. That's great advice. Yeah. The, the, the challenge is, I don't think anybody knows what's in their four hundred one k. What do you just say to that person? Uh, because uh, most four hundred one ks are filled with uh, mutual funds and ETFs and bonds. Oh, well, you can do the same thing with the mutual funds and ETFs. Uh, look at your ETFs, and you say, "How much am I? Uh, uh, if I have this ETF, you know, it costs thirty five dollars." Do you want to hold it if it goes down to 32? Yeah. 29? Mm. 25? No, 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 no. Okay, so put a stop at 25. So, so I, think, I think what you're saying is the first, the first step is find out what exactly is in your 401k or find out exactly what stocks are in your stock portfolio. Because I agree with Robert. Most people, they just contribute to it but have no idea how it's being invested. Absolutely. How can you not know what's in your in yep. your form? I, I mean, to me, to me, it's unthinkable. It's like walking out of your city house, city apartment, without locking the door and not having the keys. Uh, uh, you may you may not get robbed the first day or the first month, but but you're begging for trouble. How can you? How can you? I mean, I, I'm just shocked. You, you, you know, I, until you ask this question, I didn't even realize that such situations existed. That people do not know what they own. Well, I don't even know if they can go into a 401k and trade it because they have penalties against that. So I'm, I'm not sure, but like you say, they don't even know who their financial planner is because most people don't even have one of those. And most yeah, financial well, planners, you know, we, we talk about it all the time over here, they have no idea what they're doing either. You know what I mean? Because it takes longer for a massage therapist to get a massage license than a financial planner to get a Series 7 license. Yeah. And it's really the blind leading the blind, and that's why we have the Rich Dad Radio Show. Personally, Kim and I, in order to our company, have 401ks or IRAs and all this, and we endorse you know people like you, and we also have Andy Tanner, who has his stock trading courses and all this. But as you say, the idea of buying long, going long forever, is kind of an insane idea today, yet that's what people are doing. And, and the, you know, it brings up my point of, of my mom. My mom is 93, and when my, when my dad passed away, she was left with a portfolio of stocks that his father passed down to him. She, I can tell you right now, the, I mean, the first thing I wrote down here is find out what's in mom's portfolio, because yeah. I have no idea, and I know she has no idea. Yeah. You have to know what you own. I mean, it's... Uh, Look, look at it this way. If you own several cars, you have to get an insurance, uh, liability insurance, and, and uh, if not collision, at least liability insurance and maybe an umbrella insurance covering each of those cars. You don't want to drive a car that's not covered. Uh, 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 could end up being ruinously expensive. Uh, most for, most uh, funds will allow you to, uh, to move between stocks and cash. So the idea is to say, this is the lowest level that I will tolerate this stock going to. And if it crosses $1 below, I'm out of the thing, and here's my firm order. So it will not save the bulk of your profits, but at least it will prevent you from uh, suffering a disaster. You know, to me, a great example, a very sad example, this guy Steve Bannon, who was advising uh, uh, President yes. Trump until he got tossed out, they reported a story of his father. His father worked all his life for AT&T, and every extra dollar he had, every overtime, he put into AT&T stock. And, uh, in, and then, of course, there was a crash in 2008, and in January of 2009, while listening to, to, to a famous uh, radio show out of New York, 
uh, he sold all his stock two months before the absolute bottom of the stock market. Oh, God. So oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, you're going on a cruise. You, you, you're going to enjoy yourself, and you brought nice clothes. But, you know, at some point, they will force you to participate in a lifeboat drill. This is your lifeboat drill. Well, I see the problem with the 401K is most people are on the Titanic, but there's no lifeboats. And that's, that's why I'm, I'm concerned about them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So anyway, um, final thing is this, is that, you know, Kim and I invested in China quite a while ago. We actually built a gold mine in a place called Dalian. Uh-huh. And it was it was free. You know, they gave it to us for free because they didn't know how to raise capital for it. So Kim and I worked on it with a great teacher named Frank. And we raised about $27 million, took the damn thing public, and then the Chinese confiscated it. <laughs> so I, I tell you, you know, I mean... I like the you Chinese know, people. I love Chinese food. We go to China all the time. But let me tell you, as you say, communism is different than capitalism, and they're different people. You know, I was uh, I was on a high speed train in China, going uh, going from the hotel where where I was where the conference was held to the airport, and it goes uh, 250 kilometers an hour, 150 miles an hour. Technology is stolen from Japan. You know, Japan has uh, no high, uh, Japan never had one high-speed train accident. Uh, so the technology is available. China always has high-speed train accidents because instead of buying what they had to buy from Japan, they decided to steal it, and apparently some little parts were missing. And what <laughs> some little parts uh, were but, missing. But, oh, uh, no. but what amazed me, I'm, I'm going in this, I'm, I'm swishing through China countryside at 150 miles an hour, and there are screens hanging from the ceiling throughout this uh, train car, and and they're playing this endless reel, uh, waving uh, waving uh, red flags, brigades of happy workers, fighter pilots saluting, wow. and above it all, this Mona Lisa chief that they have, the Sidran Pin guy, and this role goes again and again and again. And man, this is exactly what I grew up watching in the yeah. Soviet Union, except video production quality is much higher. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Elwood, thank you for always sharing your insights and you know what wanna, you see in the world. And I want to recommend your, your book to people, especially who need to find out what's in their 401k, what's in their stock portfolios. Get his book, The New Trading for a Living, came out in 2014 or come into my trading room. Both great, great books. As Dr. Alexander Elder, E-L-D-E-R, and like I say, he has a huge following all over the world, especially Australia, the great country of Australia. And his website is elder.com, E-L-D-E-R.com. So thank you for your wisdom, insight, and sharing what you know. Thank you, Dr. Alexander. Thank you, thank you very much for inviting me, because I live in this little town in Vermont, and suddenly I speak to you, and the world is my stage. Thank <laughs> you very much for having me. Oh, thank uh, you thank for your you. insights. We so appreciate it. So we thank come you. back. We've got the most popular part of our program. It's Ask Robert. That's where you get to ask the question. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. 
Garrett wrote the bestsellers Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Your financial education continues. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere. iTunes or Android and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them for a couple of reasons. Reason number one is you listen to the show again, you'll learn even more. And second reason is that if you play it to your friends, family, and business partners, you have a better chance of understanding this. You can discuss it with them and all this because discussion makes you smarter. And to sit there and pretend you know all the answers or be in, be in doubt or not, not debate stuff, you get, you get more stupid. And that's why school doesn't work is because you're, you're asked to listen to a teacher who knows nothing. And you have to just accept their answer verbatim. I mean, and then regurgitate a stupid answer back that makes no sense. So anyway, that's why we encourage people to listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime. And then go to the richdadradio.com, download the program, listen to it a second time, and then discuss it with friends, family, and associates on this thing. So once again, I want to thank Dr. Alexander Elder, professional trader and author, author of The New Trading for a Living, Psychology, Discipline, Trading Tools and Systems, Risk, Control, Trade Management. And as he said, as he's also a guest in our program, it takes about five years and about $50,000 in losses, which is a college education before you get good at something. Of course, they don't tell you that in school. And the second book is Come, Come Into My Trading Room, Barron's 2002 Book of the Year, and Trading for a Living back in 1993. Comments, Kim? Well, I, this was a fascinating show, and I always love talking to Dr. Alexander Elder. And, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking, you know, we talked about the different types of war. There's military war, economic war, there's currency war, there's cyber war. But at the Rich Dad Company, we educate people about personal finance, about their money. And lack of education or money or lack of money creates a lot of wars at home. I mean, that's the number one thing couples fight about. It splits up families. So there could be a war going on right now in your home, and you may need to get better educated and really take charge of, of your finances. And especially since, you know, like Dr. Alexander Elder, he's a trader, he's not an investor. All you guys out there who are investing for the long term in an IRA or a 401k or a stock or a company or a government pension, you're in trouble. You're in serious trouble right now. So I would wake up and smell the vodka or coffee or tea, whatever you, your choice is. But let me tell you something, Dr. Elder is concerned. That's why he is born in Leningrad, he grew up in Estonia, fabulous Estonia. And he just came back from China where he cut his visit short from four days to three days because it reminded him of Russia. So I'll, I'll, ladies and gentlemen, this is not happy camp right now. We're in a critical global position right now. And to think everything's gonna be happy, happy and hunky-dory tomorrow, well, maybe it will be, but what if it's not? So we're going to the most popular part of our program where you get to ask your questions, and you can submit your questions to askrobert at richdadradio.com. So Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question today comes from Diego in Bakersfield. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
Says Robert, I know you and Kim say you look for opportunities in a downturn or crash. My question is, do you ever feel fear regarding your investments? And if so, how do you manage your fear? No, I walk on water. (laughs) What a stupid question that is. Let me tell you something. Everybody has fear. So it's a legitimate question, but to think that somebody is more successful than you because of the subject fear, fear can paralyze, but fear can also motivate. And so the reason they have the Rich Dad Radio Show is because I don't know all the answers. I mean, I know your school teacher does because they're idiots, but they can't tell you everything. You gotta start figuring out for yourself. So fear is a very, very good motivator, but it can also paralyze you. And that's the challenge is how does fear motivate you to study? Comments, Kim? Well, you can, I mean, we mitigate our fear by a lot of study. We have great people around us. We have advisors. We have great experts around us. Um, We seek out the smartest people that we can find in in an area of investment like real estate. We've got Ken McElroy and his team, and he's, it's not Ken McElroy, it's his team. He's got a team of like 500 employees. But the point is, it's not just real estate. You see, you have to understand accounting law and tax law and banking law. So it's not, you know, these guys who talk about flip this house and just go buy a piece of property and buy, hold, and pray and live happily ever after. That's kind of naive. We're a lot more sophisticated world today. So that's why with the rich, the rich dad, you know, the rich do it differently than the poor middle class. That's a big lesson there. And the and the one thing we always talk about is we 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 continue to study because the world is changing so fast in every investment, business, whatever you're into, it changes so fast. The tax laws, the 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 accounting laws, it all changes so fast. The legal laws. So you really have to have great people around you, and you gotta you gotta be on top of but it. But the question of fear is a very it's, important question. But to naively think that people who are rich don't have fear is really, really naive. I mean, it terrifies us. You know, Kim and I have employees. Every month we fear that we have we might not have enough money to pay them. That's not a good, but it can paralyze us or it can put us into action. You know, when you're all by yourself there and you're an employee with your $150,000 a year job and you got a wife and three kids and all that, and you lose your job, that's fear. I understand that but it's a good thing if it motivates you to study, okay? That's the difference. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Sylvia in Miami, Florida. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. As I grow in my business and do more deals, I come across various opportunities. How do you screen for potential scams? Everybody has a crook out there. There's always, you know, like- We've had our share. We have had our share, and the most biggest crooks are the most honest people. We had a guy who came from the church here, and he was the nicest, kindest guy, good Christian. I'm not not against Christians, I'm just against fakes. And so he was working for us, and he was doing our video work, and he stole all our video equipment. You know, but he always talked about Jesus and Christ, and he goes to church every Sunday. The nicest guy, very kind guy, his wife was a fabulous friend. But we all have a dark side. I have a dark side, you know? Kim knows I have a dark side. And you don't trust that dark side. So that really to pretend that you're all lily white and white, wear white hats and everybody's the same. Look, everybody has a dark side, right Kim? It, that's exactly right, and and the word the words I use is, is due diligence as best you can. You gotta you gotta get, learn as much as you can about whatever investment you're going into. We've been conned. We actually done our due diligence on on uh, one investment uh, was a 
uh, what was it? It was oh, it was a trading, a stock trading um, thing, and we put our money into it. We actually went to the offices, we met all the people, we did as much. But there was some, there were little red flags. I'm going to say this: there were little red flags that I ignored. You, if something doesn't seem right, if something doesn't smell right, trust that. Because the biggest mistakes I've made is when I didn't trust, when those little red flags went off, and I ignored them, and they came back to bite me. If they have to tell you versus just demonstrate, that's a red flag to me. If they have to tell me they have integrity, why don't they just act with integrity? Oh, another one is I went to Harvard, I went to Georgetown and all that stuff. Or I've been an accountant for Arthur Anderson. One of the biggest crooks I ran, ran, ran into was an accountant from Arthur Anderson who went bust. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we're human beings. That's the point here. We have a good side and a dark side. And when it comes to money, the dark side often comes up. So with that, I want to thank Dr. Alexander Elder. I want to thank him for you know being uh, always a true supporter of Rich Dad, but also he's a fantastic teacher. He's a great teacher, and you meet guys like that, it makes it all worthwhile. Final words, Kim? No, I just appreciate Dr. Elder, and uh, again, go find out what's in your portfolio. Go find out what's in your four hundred one k. Go find out what the hell you've got in everything financial, and then start there. That's what I have to say. So once again, submit your questions to Ask Robert at Rich Dad Radio, and thank you all for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>